0: Would a rose by any other name smell as sweet? What if we didn't call it a rose? On this episode of Garden Time, we talk about plant names. We discuss why we use Latin in naming plants and some of the weirdest common names we could find. We're talking plants and taking names on this episode of Garden Time. Garden Time is
1: brought to you by Capital Subaru
0: in Salem, Oregon.
1: At Capital Subaru, we value your time. Whether you're here for service or working with our amazing sales team, everything is right here for your convenience. We offer a great selection of Subaru's, an industry-leading service center that keeps you moving and so much more. Like our Living Green Wall, just one of the many features throughout our dealership. Looking for the perfect pet gift? Check out Happy Paws Pet Shop right here in our lobby. Or plan your next adventure in our fireside seating and find your happy place. It's always your time at Capital Subaru, your way on the parkway. Welcome to the Garden Time Podcast.
0: We're based in the Pacific Northwest of the United States in a Zone 8 region. This zone deals with plants that can survive in 10 degrees Fahrenheit or warmer. I'm producer Jeff Gustin with your hosts, Judy Alloruzzo and Ryan Seeley. Welcome to Garden Time. And today we're all sitting and we have our computers out and we're at uh, Al's Garden and Home in Sherwood. (laughs) as a backdrop, because we're gonna talk about what's in a name. Um, If you've been to a garden center, you know that there are specific common names, but a lot of times there are Latin names. And we're gonna talk about um, the reason why there's Latin names and how maddening and (laughs) it makes things easier for the growers and for the retailers sometimes, but it's maddening as well. So first of all, why Latin? How did plants come (laughs) to be named in Latin?
2: Right, Latin, it started back, Back in the 18th century, and so it was founded by. It's called a binomial. It's a two-name system, and it was that we use today. And it was invented by Swedish botanist Carl Linnaeus in the 18th century, and it you know and it gives us each plant having its own unique name to kind of get rid of the confusion. So it means that you know wherever you are in the world, and whatever language you speak, you'll be able to identify a plant and communicate with other growers. But why Latin? Because Latin is a dead language. (laughs) And it's neutral. It's neutral, and there's no no changes. So the
0: Latin names, um, so I know genus. Mm -hmm. So it's
2: genus? There's genus, and then there's species, Species. and then cultivar, which is the cultivated version of that genus and species. Yeah. And you can back up farther if you want to <laughs> yeah. into you know, families and phylums and, okay. and all of that. But as far as the Latin names go, it's typically genus, then the species, and then the cultivar. Right.
3: And if you think about it, think about when you look way, way back, people didn't have two names. It was like Carl's son, you know, or Carl the carpenter or whatever. And then it became too confusing, like which Carl or mm. whatever. And so plants, I think it became like that too. Yeah, which you know. which geranium or which, which maple rose. tree, which rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. right.
2: So the, so the genus, it, you know, it typically starts with a capital letter okay. and um, it represents a group of plants with similar characteristics. So it's kind of looking back at its, its ancestry and shares these common characteristics with ancestries, kind of like we do do with people, but that's right. where the, the plant comes, plant names kind of come in, into that, is how it relates to, e- to each other and its commonalities. Right.
0: So what's the benefits of having a Latin name?
3: It's less confusion for the industry. You know, I don't think for like customers so much, you know, because we don't want them to feel like they don't know what they want, but we want to make sure as industry, as professional people in industry, that they're getting what they want. So it's like you wanna say like burning bush we were talking about. There might be a couple of different burning bushes. So which one do you want? Because they're very different. So yeah. we just wanna make sure you're getting the customers getting what they want. Yeah.
2: So it's it's kind of an you know, important to know to know both. So yeah. so on the, the grower side of things in the in a world that's you know propagating plants, they need to know, you know, kind of the heritage and the, the genealogy per se of of these plants what the parentage is because that tells them you know how these plants perform and you know their hardiness to their habits and things like that and so those make sure those are there but you know as the lay person or the, the person that's you know the average gardener that doesn't know latin and doesn't really want to they know they don't care they want to know <laughs> latin or care sure. they're going off of a common name so i think it's important that you know as as a nursery or a garden center You kind of have to know both because you can't just assume that you can't put one aside and not pay attention to that and only pay attention to one. You need to be able to meld those two together.
3: And i think too people move around a lot now so they might be living in north carolina and now they're in oregon and it's like they're looking for a plant and they're calling it one thing and it's like i don't know what you're talking about yeah, right so on. you really have to kind of ask those 20 questions and it's like what what color is it or what does it do or
0: well you were talking about having uh, smartphones now because yeah. people now can come in and you say burning bush well, what are you talking about? Right. You can actually call it up on your smartphone, yeah, that helps. which helps out a lot. Right. Um, we were talking earlier about there was uh, at a garden center, somebody working the help desk, and, and I don't want to say that they're plant snobs, but there, <laughs> there are. are. And somebody right. came in and they said they wanted butterfly bush. And she goes, I'm not sure what you're talking about. And it's because she was a snob and loved the name Budlia. And so until that person, oh, you must be talking about Buddleia, which kind of is intimidating yeah. to sure. somebody that's coming in and buying a plant. So, are there benefits to having the common name? Does that kind of get you in the ballpark,
3: yeah, or
2: it, um, it does? It? You, you can kind, of, you can kind of, you can narrow it down a lot of times with with the uh, yeah. with the common name. You know, like you said, you know, a burning bush that could be a Ioannimus Euonymus a lot of compactas. A bur considered burning bush because mm-hmm. it has that fire engine red foliage in the in the fall. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a nandina or a barberry or berberus, you know, all go by burning bush because they have that red foliage. So you can kind of get to kind of the same ballpark, but those are three very distinctly oh, very different. Different, right. different plants. So unless you know that when you're coming in, asking for a burning bush, what you have in your mind, you could be leaving with something that is sure a burning bush but it could be entirely different than what you're actually looking for.
0: So these were scientific names that came up so it helped people identify. But this was long before we had DNA. <laughs> so I mean how did they come up with the Latin names? Was it the leaf structure, was it bloom structure, was it plant structure, all of that? How did they find these families?
2: Right. I think I think there is there is a mm-hmm. lot when you break break down um, you know and this is going back to, <laughs> to <your body>. uh, <laughs> many years ago classes. Of <laughs> yeah, we don't want to hear from any professors. that were. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> just, I, I'm pretty sure I passed that class but you know <laughs> yeah. that was I won't, I won't tell you how many years ago. Um, but you there are you you break down each individual plant and you're technically supposed to be able to identify any plant by breaking down the structure of its stem mm-hmm. and its leaf and its flower. Yeah. So as opposed
0: to opposing leaves, which are directly across Right. Other, right. The alternating leaves, right. which are op- stair-step. Op- right. right, and
2: yeah. there's opposite, there's yeah. ovate, yeah. there's... You know, and those
0: all became part of that classification. Exactly. Right, right. right. Yeah. So and what in, happened? And then
2: flower type yeah. is yeah, also, flowers, yeah. it was the main distinction of just because, you know, you may get two plants that are in the same same genus that look very different. It's like, why are these together? Mm -hmm. But when you break it down far enough, it comes down a lot of times to the flower.
3: Right, like um, you want, or not be honest, euphorbia. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Euphorbia can be an outdoor plant, it could be a tropical plant, and it's the poinsettia but it goes down a point set it has those beautiful bracts but it's those little tiny flowers that right. are identical to the shrub or the perennial that we put in the garden right. that's also a euphorbia because the flowers are the same interesting
0: and they that they can crossbreed too is yes. within the same yes. genus you can do that Right. and then you get the next name which is the sub or the, the species right so you take anything like a rose can be crossed with another rose which makes a right. brand new rose, right?
2: Because right. there's yeah. like Rosa rugosa, right. Rosa yeah. this, right. and Rosa that, and it's how it's how it's crossed from the parentage to what the next iteration will right.
3: be. Right, because you can't really do like a maple tree and a rose. You can't cross them because they're not in the same genus. They're not in the same family. So it, that's how closer plants that are closer together or in the same genus or same family can be crossed. So, so but that's a right. whole other story. I'm just <laughs> so now we
0: have genetics, and so. Plants are can be classified now by their genome, and figuring out which families, which is causing some problems. Oh, man. It it is. <laughs> it's no, a, not <laughs> not just no, 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 not
2: clarity. problems. But there yeah. there is you know the more science evolves and then we're getting into things, plants are getting reclassified. Oh my gosh! So what we've learned over the has always gone by. And Judy, you were just telling me this oh a little gosh. bit ago. Hebe is now. Considered Veronica, Veronica, and rosemary is now a that's salvia. That. That's hot off the press. I didn't even know <laughs> <about> that,
3: <laughs> but it's been a while. Yeah. It's but it, but like it has 10 been years.
2: right. You know, and and salvia is a massive genus with you know hundreds and hundreds oh, and hundreds okay. of varieties mm-hmm. in there. So, you know, it's it gets to be frustrating as a consumer. That's a hey, now. Okay, what am I calling this? Am I <laughs> coming into the garden center looking for a rosemary, or am I asking for a Veronica? Right. Yeah. And when I asked for this, <laughs> what is that nice garden center staff going to go take me to? Right. Because do they know the changes?
3: That's true.
2: Right, because there's not like, there is one all knowing publication that comes out in your email once a week <laughs> saying, hey everybody in the world, this is now this. Right, right. Right. So this information just kind of trickles out, but if you didn't read about it, do you know? Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, it's so true, it is so true. And it's like, and then how do we embrace it? as an industry. right, And sometimes we just say, oh, we're not calling it that. We just get kind of snuffy about it and it's like, we're not gonna do it. And it's like, because it's too hard. We all grew up with this name or we already have it in our catalogs, we have the tags, it gets economical. It's like we can't change everything every time somebody comes up with another research project. Right,
2: right. (laughs) Right. And and I've worn, you know, in my 25 plus years in the industry, worn a few different hats. I've been on the, you know, the retail garden center side of things. I've been on the wholesale grower side of things. And now I'm, you know, more in the, you know, consulting kind of thing, working with retailers and wholesale in in between. And there is definitely a difference in mentality when you think about this. So, you know, being on the garden center side of things, you get, you know, the homeowners that are coming in that don't, you know, aren't reading, you know, the journals coming out talking about all the new name changes and they're asking for it. But then on the grower side of things that maybe listening to these and seeing these, oh, we need to change the name now, that can be kind of a big a big deal because like you're talking about it's like okay, we've grown into this for many years that we have all of these tags, we have all of this inventory. But what is the consumer going to be asking right. for? So if we do go and change this, have we just lost our consumer base that they don't know what that what that is? And so how it's, it's a fine line of how, oh, how do you change right. it, and nobody's policing it.
0: Right, right. and it, you're, it's not, it goes beyond uh-huh. just printing new tags. Right. I mean, right. you can change mayonnaise and call it mustard, but people are still going to come <laughs> in looking right. at mayonnaise, and right. they're going to look for that name that says mayonnaise, right. and it's kind of the same with this. Is, yeah. um, you, it could be a, a Barberry, it could be Berberus, but if that's not what they're used to purchasing, right? now the retailer's in this bind about what they have to buy what they have to inventory, and what the consumer right. calls it, and what the consumer
2: wants. Right. So. And just because you might name it that,
3: Does the, the nursery knows? down the right. street might not. Right, yeah. well, case in point. Okay, Mahonia mm-hmm. is the state flower of Oregon. Oregon great. And yes. the, the governor's mansion is called Mahonia Hall. And like 25 years ago, they changed. Mahonia is now a Berberus. Right. And nobody uses it. We didn't rename the governor's no, hall. No. We didn't rename the state flower. Right. So it goes to the point. It's like it's generally known as, and it's like, I don't see it ever changing. Yeah. yeah.
2: But do do you get in a different part of the country that doesn't have that where you go east coast? I wonder. That's where you have Mahonia's big presence on the west coast, where you get east coast, where they can grow. Mahonias, but I think you'll see more them calling it Berberus.
3: Oh, we'll have to call. Or oh, do you over, know anybody out that. there? Yeah, that brings up
0: a whole thing because we did a garden time tour once when we were up in uh, Victoria and they kept on talking about um, Gary, Oak. Gary Oaks. And we're like, going, <laughs> what's a Gary Oak? And, and we figured out it was the Oregon White Oak, which is what we call it here. <laughs> right. But, but it, up there, they go more towards the Latin name. And so it was very confusing because we they were saying, Gary Oak this, Gary Oak right. that, and we're like going, that's that's a white oak. We know right. <laughs> yeah, it's like funny. But it does bring up to the point that the name, the common name that you really kind of have to lean towards the consumer and what they're calling it. Right. I mean, when Sneezeweed was named Sneezeweed, it was named that for a reason because <laughs> it made people sneeze. It was either too much pollen or fragrant or whatever. But that common name could mean a lot of different things now, but mm-hmm. it, it still can be called that name.
3: Yeah, right. yeah. yeah, it's yeah. so funny.
2: So I think it, it's it's important as to, if you're on the, the breeding side and the growing side of things, you know, you do need to know the, the Latin botanical names because that's where your, your parentage comes from and how you're crossing things and to follow the the path because you don't want just crossing and making up everything. So oh. you do need some right. oh, cons- sure. some definite sure, sure. consistency Definitely. and uniformity. Right. So if you go to a garden center in here in, you know, Sherwood, Oregon and ask for, you know, Acer rubrum Red Sunset and you go to a nursery in the East Coast or in Australia or in England and you ask for Acer rubrum Red Sunset, that will be the same plant anywhere in the world. right? Yeah. But if you go ask for a red maple
3: <laughs> you know
2: that that has leads open to it. Right,
3: right. No, so true. That is so, true. Yeah. so
0: um, there's another thing that we've run up against in names and that's series. So a lot of times a grower will grow say a camellia and we have some camellias here and it'll be a camellia yuletide but they'll rename it and put it as part of a series. They'll call it Christmas camellia in the holiday series of plants. So, when you, as a consumer, you go to the garden center, knowing that Latin will tell you whether that that plant is the same one that you already have in your garden or whether right. it's something altogether new, true. right?
3: Yeah, right. that's true. Yep.
2: Right, because you may have one grower that likes, you know, and that's, that's been pretty popular in the last, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 10 years or right. so is kind of getting into the fun naming game yeah. of plants because, right. you know, the the Latin names, you know, there's really nothing it's, not a it's thing. nothing fun and sexy <laughs> no. about it. It's not what's dragging that consumer right, into right. the garden center to buy it. But yeah. you know, if you put down there as like, you know, a really fun cool Margarita sunset. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. right yeah. <laughs> you know, chick charms. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Chick charms, chick yeah. It would be an example yeah. of that. You know, it's a Sem- semperviron, you know, that's come up with, you know, Chick Charms Key Lime Pie or right. yeah. Mint Marvel. Well, that's really not the plant name. It's Plant name would be Semperviron you know, rubicon or right. whatever it is. It's just not as sexy as, you know, yeah. mint marble
0: Right, yeah.
1: right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, um, and knowing those plant
0: names, uh, knowing the Latin, will help you as a homeowner, because once you know that Latin name, you will also have more. Uh, Ties to the conditions it grows in, mm-hmm. the type of plant family it's from, whether it's hardy or not for your area, as opposed to a cute name like Margarita Sunset right. or right. whatever, you will actually know, or Tequila Sunrise. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know why it's a Apparently drinks on your mind. But knowing those Latin names, even just the genus, that will go a long way to helping the, the uh, homeowner. Right. Correct. right.
2: And there, there are a lot in the in the Latin names that are used that are. You know, descriptive terms as to what that plant will do, how it performs, its growth habit, mm-hmm. its shape, or it's, its color. So for instance, if you see the word Alba in a plant name, Alba is white. So regardless of what you see, it's gonna be either like a white flower or a white or a white bloom.
3: Right, and that's would be the species. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the genus would stay, but the second word would be that Alba.
2: Right. You know, and you get into a lot of them are colors like Alba or Rubra right. or for red or Verde for, for green. So, uh, Brian, you, you brought
0: the up, you know, talking about what it, the Latin can signify. But as you both know, we have like Japonica, which can be more of a place name, right? Yeah. 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 So like That's Japonica,
2: mean. you know, it, its origination comes from Japan. Mm-hmm. Or you'll see another one you'll see a lot is Chinensis. Which is. China or Sibericus.
3: Oh, yeah, but a couple from them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <For yeah. there. laughs> yeah. Right.
2: Or Ox Occidentalis is you from know Ox- for America. Cool. Oh, excellent. So excellent. you'll you'll see like, you know, Camellia Japonica right. is a Camellia that you know originated in Japan. Because France did the Japonica. We, we are which just such a nerd aren't yeah. we? Yeah. And, <laughs> in, have and then you throw in like <laughs> Alba into that, like yeah. we yeah. right. talked about the color, so it's or, a or the rubra. Power. Right, but and sometimes
0: that can tell you when the plant's blooming. It, 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 within that family, it could be different bloom times, yeah. right, within that yeah. genus. Right. So, you, uh, what about like nana and right? S- so
2: and there, s- there are also some com- common names that will just can be descriptors of its habit. So, like columnaris would be columnar, so very, very, very upright growing, uh-huh. or reptans is more creeping, and sprawling. So you'll see those those a lot. And then like a nana would be like a characteristic that would be more compact and small or gigantia, You know, obviously giant, meaning it's, something's gonna get right. big, be it the habit or a leaf or something something like that.
3: You cool. know, it, t- when you think about it and the enormity of it, over 300 years or whatever, that this has been going on, it's just pretty cool mm-hmm. that it's still meaningful and it's still understandable. So
0: I, you did it from the retail and the grower, right. and as a retailer, you've run into it. Is there a level
2: of frustration
3: oh for sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> all the way around from, that, <laughs>
2: from the grower side of it to the homeowner side of it and everybody in between yeah. it's frustrating
3: yeah and you know it but you know we all come down to it it's like that's the rules that we play right. by and so every everything industry has rules and so we all try oh. to be as good as possible we try to you know i do all the tags for owls and so i really try to make sure that i have the up-to-date name um, if things change, I put it in parentheses, and so, and, you know, we're educating our customers.
2: Right. So. But at the, at the same time, you know, as, as retailers and wholesalers, we're, we're mindful of of the consumer. Yeah. We, we don't want to alienate no, them. No, not at all. We right. don't want them to feel, you know, like they're not educated. We want them to come in and to ask the questions, sure. and so it does work both ways, because that's what. You know, that's the fun name, yeah. common names that are bringing them in, looking for these plants and generating the hype that you see in the mm-hmm. social medias and right. the, the magazines. But then at the same time, you know, it's, they'll come in and we, we want it to say, okay, this right. is, yes, that's that, that's a great plant. Here's another name it could go by also.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Not just tequila right. sunrise. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: so since we're talking about names, um, we're gonna take a break now and uh, listen to, from our friends at Capital Subaru in Salem. When we come back, we're gonna talk about some of the goofy names that are out there and some of those common names, then where they came from, and uh, maybe even one or two that you've never heard of before (laughs) that are not from this area. So uh, we'll get to that in a second, and we'll be right back.
1: Start your new Subaru story at Capital Subaru. We are like nothing else in Oregon. From the moment you step through these doors, you see it, you feel it, we do things differently here. Our people, our culture, our customer experience. Tell us what you're looking for and we'll upgrade the way you shop for Subarus. When you're just browsing, need great service, or starting your next adventure, we're always here for you. It's your story at Capital Subaru, your way on the parkway.
0: Welcome back to Garden Time. Uh, Today we're talking about what's in a name, and we just finished talking about um, Latin, why we use Latin as plant names. Um, And now we're getting into uh, more of the goofy common names, (laughs) the funny names, and a lot of these have a tie to history. So sneeze weed, um, which was named because it made people sneeze. We mentioned that one before. Um, I'm looking at one now, butter and eggs. Um, which is common toad flax. And um, I, you can see by looking it's at the, descriptive, th- right. the, yes, the picture, it looks like butter and eggs. Is that where a lot of these goofy names come
3: from? Yeah. Um, Definitely. And, you know, I can think of another egg one is fried eggplant. Fried egg flower is the Ramnea because the flower is a huge oh, yeah. white flower with a yellow center. So people, you know, they get kind of crazy and make funny names. Yeah. So
2: yeah. Well, yeah. like we talked about burning bush earlier, because yeah. yeah. when it's yeah. fire engine red, it looks right. like it's on fire. Right. Yeah. yeah.
3: Easier to say than you want. Exactly.
0: So, Ryan, do you have a couple? That yeah, there, right
2: there? there's a couple other, you know, names that are, you know, you find along the way, like, you know, Bastard Balm. Or bastard toad flax, you know. So I don't know who's who's, fi- who's <laughs> finding mad. these plants, yeah. but you know that's like, <laughs> um, angry yeah, you know there's cheeseweed.
3: That's a new one. I've never heard that. Yep, one.
2: Yeah, that one's a, a malva, or corn cockle. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's another one.
2: Or you know, pussy toes is another one that you'll we'll because because oh. see, it, see it around. Cause cause yeah. it looks like kitty cat toes.
0: Yeah, because yeah, they're fuzzy and yeah. they're right. fuzzy.
3: It's yeah. a cute one.
0: But I was looking at sticky willy, and so it says uh, um, a plant that got its name because the seed pods are spiky and it's almost like a velcro and so if you've ever walked through a field you get these stuck to you and I can see where this one actually got its name from so um, mother-in-law's tongue we were talking about indoor plants and um, it's a long leaf spiky sharp I guess like a mother-in-law's tongue right you know with the cutting comments though we all agree that we all, uh, you know, have great mother-in-laws, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know and no, no, no offense, no, no. offense to mother-in-laws out right. there, but you can see where somebody thought this was a, a cool name. Right. Or,
2: and but it, but also goes by snake plant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So you will, you know, coming back to or what we were talking about earlier, where, you know, you'll have a plant with multiple different, yeah. different yeah. names that has just kind of evolved over time. It's like, well, no, I don't want to call it mother-in-laws. Right, I right. want to, it looks more like a snake to me, and somebody calls it a snake plant, or sure,
3: yeah, you know.
2: And then you get a lot of regionality that we have talked about. Right. So what somebody talks about it up here it may be totally different down in the south, or right, the right. northeast. But okay, and Judy. Um.
3: Oh, let's see what else we got here. Mad dog skullcap, which is the skullataria is an herb, and so I don't know. I don't. I'd have to do more research on that if it's some kind of a. Um, makes you crazy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we,
0: we talked about, uh, so the color, what it looks like. I'm looking here at corpse flower.
3: Yeah. It's um, stinky. And
0: it smells like a corpse, dead, dead corpse, you know, right. like a dead body. Who made that first as some, you know, association, right? And this is like a <clears> large, <throat> oh, it's um, huge. uh, was it Titan Arum, which is a huge, you know, almost like lily type bloom. But it gets to be like twenty feet. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, and it takes a while for it to bloom. It has to go through many years of growth before it will produce this bloom, and then it's it's gone. Yeah, and after that, it just dies. Right. get the other name for corpse flower, I guess, because it just dies after it's done. So.
3: Well, but it's pollinated too by flies, and so it's attracted oh. because the fragrance Got is it. Uh, malodorous. Yeah, yeah. It smells like dead meat, and so they come in, they lay their eggs. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: right. So there's um, a method
3: to the madness, yeah.
0: right? Um, skunk cabbage. We were talking about smell. Yeah. Everybody is familiar with skunk cabbage, right. and. Um, if you've been in a wetland, you know that there's skunk cabbage around, um, and it's not an ugly plant. No, I
3: like no. them. They're yeah. so pretty. Yeah. yeah,
0: but it does have a fragrance. Yeah, they're to kind it. of stinky. And, yeah. yeah. Um, what else do we have?
3: Um, let's see, cuckoo flower, a cardamine pretensis. Um, what else we got there? Viper's bugloss.
0: A shaggy soldier. Have you ever heard that no, name? Because we're we talking about one. this. There are some names that <clears throat> pop up common names and unusual names. And, um, and what's the, the plant?
3: Gallon soga See yeah. you,
2: you can tell da- why people are going <laughs> off of the <Right>. <laughs> economy right you can't yeah. pronounce,
3: you pronounce it and it's a daisy me,
0: family so. plant so it looks like little tiny daisies It looks
3: like a weed that I used to pull <laughs> yeah. in Chicago yeah. from at my mother's house and, <laughs>
0: and what uh, Jan McNeilan brought up the one uh, weed that we all were kind of like giggling like we are in grade school again and it was the nipplewort nipple and, which and is it's a just a small weed. little yeah. weed um, it has you know little tiny seed heads and it's like going somebody came up with this name, and it's <laughs> right. like, yeah, it's bizarre. <laughs> right, right. Um,
2: we were at a botanical garden not that long ago, and there was one called Brazen Hussy. Yes, yep. yeah. yeah, which is, you know, it's a beautiful plant, nice mm-hmm. foliage, but, you know, not sure where they would come up with the, with the name of it, but I think it reseeds
0: itself. So. It
3: does, I was going to say, it's kind of aggressive, but, but it's it, so pretty.
2: Right. <laughs> um, but so
0: a lot of these are common, um, common plants, uh, but people have just kind of come up with different names for them. So how useful are they when customers come in and use them in the garden center? If I came in and said, what's a sausage tree, which is um, yeah. a, a tropical tree, has long vines that have almost like sausages and right. yeah. um, sausage looking seed pods. Cool. How? Is that useful at all?
3: Well, you have to get the cell phone out. Yeah, yeah with, <laughs> yeah, with, the, yeah, with <laughs> the, the internet these days, it's yeah. much
2: more news, useful because you can yeah. just you know, do a little search on it right. and it pop, pops up with a few different, probably, options for for what it is.
3: Right, but, right. Or years past, we'd have to just kind of ask a million questions, so.
2: Right, yeah. but I think you know now with you know social media and you're seeing, at least I know, way more things that are popping up that you've never seen before. Right. You know, so you're seeing pictures and you're, so you're seeing interest in a lot more oh, yeah. plants that, you know, don't grow everywhere. And, you know, so right. people find these cool, cool things in some, you know, tropical foreign jungle somewhere and like, yeah. oh, look at this cool thing. I saw <laughs> yeah. it I saw it on Pinterest or whatever right. it is. And I'm like, I want that plant. Well, you've never heard of it. Right, <laughs> I mean, right. Nobody grows it, but it's, it's pretty cool. So yeah. Cool yeah. Do
0: younger gardeners tend to go towards the Latin names? Because I know that my parents, they always used common names more than the Latin names right. yeah. when they were uh, talking about plants.
3: I've noticed that the, um, the new gardeners that are indoor gardeners, they really know the botanical names. Wow. They come in yeah. and it's like, I am so sorry, I do not know that. I have to look it up and then it's like, oh, I know that plant, but I know it by the common name. Mm, I've right. never learned as many of the indoor uh, plant names but as the outdoors. Right. I just have much more experience with the outdoor ones, but man, they are—they're pretty savvy yeah, with the I, indoor ones. And I,
2: I would agree. There was a long period there that, you know, common names were kind of everybody was going by common names because nobody wanted to deal with a botanical mm-hmm. name. But I, it's almost like there's a little bit of a switch of, you know, this, the newer generation that's just getting into gardening. They're pretty passionate mm-hmm. about it, and they really want to, you know, understand it and they're studying it. And I think they like to know the information and like to know the the botanical names of it.
0: Yeah, they they That's are good. more interested in getting the correct plant mm. the first right. time, right. as right. opposed to one that looks kind of cute. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so some of the other names we were talking about, uh, um, mouse tail, uh, and that one there, I think I've even heard of that That's one. That's a cute one. Yeah, and that is uh,
3: it's a. It's an Asarum proboscis probastidium and it's a very low growing um acerum and the flowers are kind of brown and they're very low growing and the the end of the flower looks like a mouse, a tail. Like a mouse tail. Yeah. And you know they're um, pollinated by slugs.
0: Yeah, which a lot of people <laughs> right. never even think right. about slugs being pollinators, but but that's one that, you know, it's taken its name from the the bloom style. Mm-hmm. And so you you know Coxcomb and some of those yeah, others. Definitely. Those are those were associated with animals that you'd probably see around the farm or whatever. Um, we've seen a couple of uh, flowers that are named after corn, mm-hmm. and we're like going, it looks yeah. absolutely nothing like corn. Yeah. We're not sure if it's the color or what. Maybe the foliage. Yeah. They yeah. didn't even
3: show the foliage, so maybe you'll, it's the you'll foliage of like, that you'll,
2: one. Like toad lilies and toad mm-hmm. this that you know spotted because right. of the the back of a toad has all the spots on right, it. Right. So,
3: or lungwort. Yeah. Lungwort is pulmonaria, which is a perennial. and so on the leaves there's like these spots on it that look like lungs. That's what in the way 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 back hundreds of years ago and they also thought it was an herb for lung diseases. Yeah. Because right. of course there's lungs shaped on the leaves, but it is not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they thought it was. So. so I
2: think you know a lot of it comes down to you know it was a descriptive yes. way of you know people you didn't know the latin name, so you're just trying to describe Whatever it is, so like right. a sausage tree because it looks like a <laughs> big sausage or a yeah, yeah. you know, peanut butter tree, like yeah, cl- right. oh, clar- yeah, clarid yeah, yeah. you know, you rub, rub the leaf and it smells like peanut butter, right? So it was always it a descriptive thing to kind of instead of saying a mottled leaf spots, you say, a toad looking thing, right? right. I mean, well, right, and
0: those uh, we had a claridendron, and the neighbor kids they knew it as the peanut butter tree oh, just right. because whenever they came by, we would take a leaf and crush it, and it does smell like fresh peanut butter and so that's what the name they became accustomed to maybe as they get older Mm -hmm. they would you know find out the true name of it but they knew it as the peanut butter tree and they could take it to a garden center as they got older saying I remember this tree when I was growing up right and the most garden centers would know exactly what Mm -hmm. they're talking about so so so, sometimes these goofy names do work They
2: do. um, but now now you kind of see some of their goofy names coming in that that are like (laughs) you know some of the Echinacea series that came out like you know tomato soup right yeah. or mac and cheese right. or you know it's a descriptive of the color, the color. of the flower more right. than it is of really anything else to do yeah. with it yeah. to do with the plant yeah. so it's you know, playing off those fun goofy names
3: i don't know too many breeders but i think the breeders you know it takes like a long time to get a plant to market so i think that they just kind of get crazy <laughs> cuz they've spent 8 years of their right. life right,
2: right. i've i've bred you know 300 <laughs> different Hookers or whatever right, it is. Right. I need to come up with some some names, and I've run out of <laughs> names yeah. and I can't use the same thing as somebody else. Yeah, right. because you know you just you can't just make up a name No, or right. there, It has to be unique. Well,
0: right. Schreiner's Iris um, One of the biggest producers of irises here in the United States is just here in the Willamette Valley in Oregon and They posted on Facebook name these varieties oh, and they did a little contest mm-hmm. and I think some um, sometimes growers and breeders will do that to try to get a little bit uh, more unique names out there. Right. And to kind of see what the you know, public wants. I mean, I, Swan Island Dahlias is also here. Yeah. Yet again, another large grower breeder in the United States. And I, I, they grow like in their seed field, oh,
3: so hundreds
0: right. and hundreds yeah. and hundreds. Right. And by the time you narrow it down, there's like 12 varieties that come out every year. How do you name those varieties? You have to come up, of course, obviously with a a Latin name, but beyond that, now you're like, what do you call this? And so now you get like, you know, gets attention because it's named for the Getz family, that kind of thing. So, um, and those are kind of cute, but it's it's that naming thing that, that can be really overwhelming so well
3: and it's so nice both of those companies have named flowers and iris and adalia after garden time yes which is so nice and it's it's great to have that and we have them in our gardens and yeah. Really a, it's a really nice tribute to yeah. the yeah. Show. And if you
0: go to gardentime.tv, <laughs> we will link you to those growers and you can actually uh, buy an iris and a rose and daylily. a da- dahlia. We'll work on daylilies. So. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. right? Anybody out there? Yeah, peonies. <laughs> yeah, that kind of yeah. Um, so I'm looking here and there's a, a list of animals, animal names bird flower, zebra plant. These look like they're more in line with the bloom style, Mm -hmm. what the bloom looks like. The bird plant looks like a little hummingbird.
3: It does. It's so pretty. Um,
0: The zebra plant, a lot of lines in the variegation that look like the coat of a zebra. is that more of a simple way that people were able to remember plants? It's I like going, so, yeah. yeah, it's that zebra thing. Yeah, it's right, not the, right, yeah.
3: the line. It's like,
2: not yeah. the It's anaxanthus, <laughs> kangaroo paws. Yeah. yeah. Right, another little like, cute animal looks like a little kangaroo paw.
3: It yeah. is, and they're so fuzzy, fuzzy and cute though. They're really a nice, and for us it's an annual, but yeah. it's a really neat one.
2: Yeah, ponytail,
0: um, monkey monstera.
3: And see, now I know that is Swiss cheese plant.
0: Yeah, which so, is what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. And so it's essentially what right. we talked about with the indoor plant segment uh, with George a couple of weeks ago, it's just somebody else came up with a different name for it. And I don't know why
2: monkey.
3: I don't know monkey. Because yeah. maybe
2: it's a climber.
3: Oh, it is. That's true. Yeah, yeah Maybe
0: because, that's it. Yeah.
2: It grows up in the trees in the right. rainforest right. where right. the monkeys are up in the that's yeah. true. thing.
0: Bird of paradise. Which yeah, uh, I think true. a lot of people, if you've been to Hawaii or you've been to the tropics, you've seen this. This mm-hmm. is a very iconic flower. It's funny is that um, people look at it and they think it's like a goofy head of a bird. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the other ones look at it and they, it looks like a, a bird with its wings unfurled diving. Because oh, yeah. depending on how you look yeah. at it, uh-huh. and it's, there really is no you know, wrong way of looking at it, but it is very iconic. It's, you know, yeah, usually beautiful. bright and,
2: and very, very descriptive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, you see paradise, you see it in all the tropical warm areas and it looks right. like a bird, bird yep. blooming on mm-hmm. yep. um, Cobra lily, we've
3: talked mm-hmm. about that in
2: the past,
0: just because of the shape of the, uh, the bloom itself, looks like the hood of a cobra. Right. Um, we're, I'm looking at unicorn plant. And I'm like going, okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah. yeah. But, but you sit there and you look at it and you're, you can say, okay, I can see where some of these got right. their names, especially the animal ones. Right. Um, it's the other common names that, you know, the corn yeah. flower and right. some of those that you just don't, just don't know. So um, what has been the weirdest name? Hmm. And there are some that are really not appropriate. Right, I, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> this is a family show, yeah. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs>
3: No. Um, <laughs> Email us and we'll tell you. Yeah, there are some,
0: and you think, okay, the breeder was being very, very right. funny when he right. right. did this. Um, but there are some that are just really inappropriate. Right. Oh, They're, yeah. Definitely. They resemble a body part or
2: something. Yeah. And yes, yeah, right. they, so they, sure. they do. Yeah. And that's, you know, getting back down to your descriptive what it looks like. Right. right. Yeah. Right. 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 You know, that's but I think all, all the filters might be off.
0: But as a grower retailer and as a retailer, what have, has there been. One or a name that you may have noticed in the past that isn't commonly used. We talk about butterfly bush, um, right? Is you know, is there ones that are not being used anymore?
2: Or, or ones as we you know, there's a house plant come comes to mind. Is you know, like a wandering Jew, oh, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so you know that's been around around forever, and so you you start looking at names like that now, mm-hmm. and it's like, is that really? What that right. plant needs to be called, right? Yeah. Right, and I think there's kind of a push now that a lot of people have taken it upon themselves to to change the names. I think you know you've done the, yeah. the same, yeah. uh, you know, here, here at Al's, But it's you know you're trying to be sensitive to to your clientele and what's what's appropriate. The, right. The, day and age
0: which may have been appropriate or or cute accepted yeah Yeah, right um, years ago right is no longer right moses in a boat probably moses in a
3: boat right is
0: still probably good but you know right um but yeah you're right uh you don't want to offend the customer right right Um,
2: but i but i don't think there's an overall arching you know plant naming you know community that's going to put in you know the the scientists aren't in the lab coming up with names for this that are going to go Go change that and make right. some new publication, no. right. so that call, falls back onto growers and retailers in their in their naming,
3: right. Right. where that comes down. To. Right. Well, so I I was I've known Wandering Jew as for 30 years or so, and so I finally said I'm going to change it for us in house, and so I'm calling it Wandering Dude, because it's it's a very um, flowing plant and right. hanging plant, so it kind of is, is still descriptive and it's fun. Right. Or, the tri- or the yeah. wanderer. Right. 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 I mean, it's but
0: wandering
2: dude, that's cute.
0: It's
3: yeah. cute. I, mean, yeah. I was yeah. in a funny mood that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right,
2: but, but that comes back yeah. to you know, you know, kind of picking a name and right. yeah. And, yeah. and running with it. Yeah, okay. you know, I think we talked about busy Lizzie.
3: Busy Lizzie's. Anybody know what that is? I mean, Thank I would never have did. known what that is. Impatient. Impatient. And had yeah. you known that?
2: I did know that because my grandmother okay. <laughs> used to call them. So busy maybe Lizzies. that's a
3: Northwest thing because I was new to the area from Chicago, and it was like, I'm so sorry, I do not know what you're talking about. Didn't have a cell phone to look it up, and yeah. And I think we were walking in the nursery and they found him on the table. And it's like, that's it. And it's like, oh my gosh, impatience. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> so.
0: But even as much knowledge as we have of plants, and you guys especially, we all have plant apps
3: mm-hmm.
0: on our phones. Right. And so there are times when we've gone somewhere and it's like, especially on these Garden Time Tours, and you see these plants, it's like, I have no idea what this is. And you take a picture of it. Right. And you can compare you know, leaf structure, bloom structure, stems, bark, and yeah. it will get you in the ballpark where you can actually get the names. Um, right. So, even if you don't have a plant knowledge, if you don't have a knowledge base, just taking the picture sometimes will get you kind of in the right realm Definitely. if you have one of those apps on your phone, so. Because
2: yeah. you figure, I mean, really how many hundreds oh, of gosh. thousands of millions of different plants are there scattered across the world right. and yeah. trying to right. categorize and make them all unique? and come up with one system to do that and one
3: naming yeah.
2: convention. A little, a little difficult.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty remarkable.
2: And if
0: you do bring it in, what's the number one complaint in garden centers? Fuzzy pictures. Oh, my. And please, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're going to bring a picture into your garden center. Tight shot of the bloom, tight shot of the leaf. wide shot of the plant. The overall so, <laughs> structure of yeah, it. Yeah, the you know, <laughs> overall structure, you know, is, as opposed to you know, trying to describe it, you can actually show them the pictures, make right. sure they're all in focus, right. and that will go a long way to helping you find that plant in the garden center. Yeah. Um, well, fun. Guys, that was kind of fun. I <laughs> yeah. thought this was going to be a little dry. <laughs> no, it was really um, fun. Talking about Latin and uh, common names, but um, I think this has been very yeah. helpful, and especially for people who are listening and watching. Mm-hmm. Um, you will be able to go into the garden center now, because there is no stupid question when you come in. Um, you. Bring in the common name, however you want to call it. We're pretty sure that anybody in the garden industry will help you out. Um, Thanks, guys. Thanks, this was fun, it was was a great great subject. Um, We thank, once again, Capital Subaru in Salem, Oregon for being our sponsor. And, um, you know, go and see your local garden center. Um, Find what you love on the shelves. Don't matter, change the name if you want. (laughs) Um, Name it and become a, a, a pet. Was it a plant parent? A
3: plant parent, That's right. yep. and you can yep. you
0: can name it, and it'll become a child of your family. There so, you go. Um, thanks again <laughs> for watching, and we'll see you next time. And happy gardening!
1: At Capital Studio, we value your time. Whether you're here for service or working with our amazing sales team, everything is right here for your convenience. We offer a great selection of Subarus, an industry-leading service center that keeps you moving and so much more. Like our living green wall, just one of the many features throughout our dealership. Looking for the perfect pet gift? Check out Happy Paws Pet Shop right here in our lobby. Or plan your next adventure in our fireside seating and find your happy place. It's always your time at Capital Subaru, your way on the parkway.